I had such a love for doing mushrooms, the places that my mind would go. But then it got redundant, and I found something new to fill that role in my life. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show. We're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers and a real God. Lately, we've been talking about how drug addiction has a romanticism about it where people literally can fall in love with a substance, almost like it's a person or a being. But did you know God can literally deliver someone from this unhealthy love affair with these substances? In our last show, Joshua Zatkoff described how he had a lot of depression growing up as a young child, and he grew up with a lot of pent-up pain and a lack of zeal in his life until he discovered marijuana, and it was like he met the first love of his life. The relationship with drugs was often romanticized about, that it was very much about the process of getting high that he learned to love. He couldn't live life without the marijuana until it led him to other drugs where he eventually got hooked onto mushrooms. He described his experiences with mushrooms as a very spiritual one, where he would have these thoughts that he would ponder for hours, like he was learning secrets that he would think upon for hours and go down rabbit trails. He learned to fall in love with mushrooms. He told us that the thoughts were almost like a spiritual lesson. Today, he's going to share with us how those lessons became redundant, maybe kind of boring, and he learned to love something else. Joshua, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Happy to be here. Joshua, thanks so much for being with us. And thank you for sharing some real and raw understandings here of drug addiction. Now, in our last show, you spoke of these drug experiences were somewhat spiritual. And I understand when you were on mushrooms, you got into almost like this new age thinking and even Buddhism. Tell us a little bit about what happened. Yeah, so when I started doing the mushrooms, I definitely got into a mindset of everything being one, love being the ultimate truth in life and what life was about. And at 15, I encountered a book and it was about Buddhism and I got extremely sucked into Buddhism because it seemed to give me elaborations and explanations and tie into what I felt I was learning on the mushrooms. And so those two kind of fed off each other. That's interesting. So there's almost like a tie. The mushrooms led to Buddhism and there was like a cycle, right? So you would do mushrooms and contemplate about Buddhism. Correct. And the Buddhism also, it felt like it gave me language and structure for what the mushrooms were revealing to me. Wow. Now, let me ask you a question because I understand that the mushrooms, these revelations per se, became very redundant and kind of boring. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so when I first started taking the mushrooms, everything was new, and I was having these revelations of myself, learning about myself, and it's hard to even put it into language, but I guess I was just understanding who I was in a lot of ways, and about, I would say, a couple years into it, I started realizing that, oh wait, I learned this last time, Um. oh wait, this was revealed to me last time, and what I started to realize was I was coming to the same realizations over and over and over, and I couldn't maintain the change that 
you know, I felt like I was being led to. And so what would happen is I would do these trips mm. and I would be like, okay, this time I'm going to learn it. It's going to stick. And then I'm going to change and transform into this. And what would happen is I never found the power to carry out what I learned oh. and it never got deeper. Wow. So it almost became like I saw this movie before. Exactly. Wow. Now I understand when you were younger, you got into some trouble for marijuana use. And I understand you were looking for something to replace that marijuana use. What substance was that? So when I was 16, I was on probation for marijuana. And at one point I was on house arrest. And during that time I was with a friend and we had gotten Roxaset, painkiller. And when I sniffed it, it was like the same thing that happened with the marijuana all over again, except it was even deeper. It was even stronger and it pulled me in even harder. So you felt like this is what I've been missing in my life, kind of like the marijuana. You're like, this is the meaning of life right here. Yeah, it gave me an overwhelming feeling of love and warmth. And it was like, oh, wow, the weed was nice, but this is heaven, you know. Oh, my gosh. So you got addicted to these painkillers. Now, I understand that there was a time where you could no longer get the painkillers. What happened when you couldn't get them anymore? So one day I had gone to go get painkillers in Washington, D.C., and the guy that we would normally get the pills from came back and said, all I can get is heroin. And at the time, we just wanted to get high. And so I said, okay. Wow. I saw him do it in the car. And I remember he had done it with a needle and I had just snorted it. And I remember saying, he looks like he's having a lot more better of a time than I am. So I asked him if he had another needle for me. That's what kicked it off. Wow. Oh my gosh. So you kicked it off. Tell me that first experience with heroin. What was that like? So the first time was not to be too graphic, but it was an entire orgasm throughout my whole body is what it felt like. The way that an orgasm might feel for a man, but it was through my whole body. Felt like my brain exploded with warmth and joy. And I just felt this almost like shock that I didn't even know this type of pleasure existed. And so it was, I mean, extremely addicting right off the bat. And I was completely hooked right after that. But of course, what goes up must come down. Describe what happened when you didn't have heroin or access to it. What happened to your body and emotions during that time? So about, I would say maybe a month this went on. And one day I couldn't get it. I had to go to work and I didn't have time to go get it before. And all of a sudden I started feeling like I was really sick. And it just started getting worse and worse, but I'm on the clock. You know, I had a whole work shift to do. By about 10, 11 o'clock that night, I was getting off work and I was pouring sweat. I was sniffling. I was sneezing. I felt like I could barely stand up. I had no energy. Mm. I had no idea what was going on. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me, oh no, you're in withdrawal. You're dope sick. Oh my gosh. So you're pouring sweat. Why are you pouring sweat? Did it feel like kind of like when you have a fever? Yes. It was like having like the worst flu I ever had, except it was worse because it was backed with a lot stronger pains and like aches, like all my muscles hurt. Oh my god! And so it was worse than any sickness I have ever had. It was definitely like a flu, but an exaggerated flu, I would say. So it was crippling, like it cripples you to the bed, basically. Of course, yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's a very high up, but it's a very sharp down. And that's what makes this drug so dangerous. So basically, you're feeling like you need to have it at this point to function. Absolutely. I did need it. And I wasn't able to go to work unless I had it. And so my whole day was planned around making sure I had this before the next day began. Now, did you have that same feeling of love for this drug, even fantasizing about it, even though you knew that you would eventually experience the withdrawal? 
you know, the sharp pain afterwards? Did you still like fall in love with this drug? Oh, absolutely. It was a completely spiritual experience for me to do it. You know, I fantasized about getting the, you know, dope into the needle and the whole process of putting a lighter on it and time arm, putting, you know, cotton in the spoon. All this stuff was just as much a part of the high as the actual high itself. And I was in love with it, everything about it, even though I knew what it was doing to me. Wow, Joshua. I mean, you know, what you're describing, it's so sad because, you know, for me, I've never done any of these things. So, these don't mean anything to me, but I believe that there's someone who's listening who knows what you're talking about and needs to get that kind of freedom. So, Joshua, let's stop there. I want to hear on our next show how you had an experience of being at the gates of hell after you overdosed. Joshua, thanks so much for sharing with us the reality of a life controlled by drug addiction. We'll see you on our next show. All right. Thank you. Hold on. Let's see what ancient writings have to say about this right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? What really stood out to me was when he was talking about the experience with the mushrooms. It's fascinating that he was having these like spiritual experiences. Some people say that drugs is just physical, but I think there's something much deeper here. I mean, drugs, they alter our minds, right? But why do people keep coming back to this sort of thing? It seemed to me that Joshua was revealing that this was some type of counterfeit experience for something that actually exists. And getting revelations actually does exist. Christians get revelations through their relationship with God. Many ancient men from the Bible experienced powerful revelations in prayer with God. Special understandings were revealed to their minds. They were illuminated by truth, all by the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Apostle Paul made mention of this in 2 Corinthians 12, 1 through 2. He says, It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows such a one was caught up to the third heaven. See, in this scripture, Apostle Paul is revealing that he was talking to someone who was having a revelation of the realities of the third heaven. So these types of revelations are possible, but Joshua was taking these drugs and was kind of entering into this different realm, almost like a earthly or demonic realm. You see, he was learning these doctrines of the world, not of heaven, but he was getting like these religious doctrines or these revelations. And why I think that these were not from the kingdom of God is because he said something interesting. He said that these types of revelations became like recordings, like they were the same. It was more of the same thing. There was nothing new over a certain amount of time. And that's where with Christian revelations, it's very different. 
You see, I've been a Christian for 20 years and man, I am getting new things every single time, every single day at times. But for him, he got kind of bored of it. Then he got stuck onto opioids and eventually moved to heroin. And then now he's done this substance where it not only altered his mind, but he became so dependent on this substance in order to just function and survive. This is unnatural. Joshua became a slave to this thing. He became a slave to heroin. It's written in Matthew 23, 10, Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. No one or nothing, no one thing is called to be our master. Only Jesus should be our master because he's a good master. He's not a cruel master. And man, that heroin, that became pretty cruel. Father God, I'm praying for the person who is stuck to something, maybe not heroin, but there's something else that's master in that person's life. Lord God, if you aren't the master, eventually Satan is going to be the one to be cruel in our lives. So Lord Jesus, we repent of whatever that is. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to be our master, to be our Lord. We give our lives to you, Lord Jesus. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.